Hey folks, today's interview is with Brenna Jennings. She is the mom behind the popular blog and Facebook page Suburban Snapshots. She also writes satire for Nick Mom. She is a, obviously, writer. She's also a photographer, the mother of five-year-old Anna, and the wife of Steve. For more about Brenna and her family's journey, check out her blog, SuburbanSnapshots.com, or her very funny Facebook page, also under the name Suburban Snapshots. Today's interview has a lot of thoughtful conversation, but it also has some really funny parts. And we're going to start there. Here's a little bit of Brenna and I exchanging crazy things that we say to our kids. As always, thanks for listening to Parenting Reimagined. So one of the running jokes in my house is... um my husband and I reflecting on like the wild things we end up saying to each other mm-hmm. or, or like saying out loud because <laughs> our life as parents, like, like don't spit in the teapot yeah. or like, is that poop on your brother's face? <laughs> or you know, just like, like, I can't believe the sentence is coming out of my mouth, but it's so apropos to the situation. And I just wonder if you have any of those given that you are oh, the queen of wit. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we had, you know, we had one that was very short lived because it's just become so run of the mill around here. But, you know, like, why are these underwear here? (laughs) Because now we have a kid who undresses wherever and we have a dog who steals them out of the laundry and drags them. Yeah, sometimes, you know, like what's stuck to the dog that always requires some investigation. Um, At her age, we're pretty confident that it usually is Nutella on her pants. All the body fluids are regulated. So. Yeah, less material she's got that together you know she's we ask funny things like you know we ask where her babies are by their name so she has inky baby because she sharpied all over this doll that she carries everywhere and it's horrifying and people stare at it it's the creepiest looking it looks like it's going to kill you in your sleep you heard it here moms and dads hide your sharpies or else you'll be the one carting around the prison tattoo baby doll. Here we go with the rest of our interview. This is Parenting Reimagined, a place where the conversation goes beyond what we do as parents, and we take the time to consider what parenting teaches us, how it transforms us, and what being parents means for the landscape of our inner lives. I am Sherry Walling. I'm Brenna Jennings. We, uh, my husband and I lived for 10 years in Boston and then um, mostly he got really sick of city life. So he moved us to a suburb about an hour north and he kind of had to drag me out of the city and I was a little bit annoyed at that for a while but the trade-off was either staying in the city where I really enjoy it and coming home to a crabby husband every day or moving to a suburb I figured I could get used to and having a husband who was less crabby so we moved up here surprisingly or maybe not surprisingly it was once we had Anna that I really started liking it here because it's a very family-oriented town, and it's really cute, and there's a lot of great family stuff. He works um, you know, pretty standard blue-collar job for the city. He does everything from 
garbage trucks to yard cleanups to, um, you know, filling potholes during the day. And he loves it because it keeps him busy and active. And I, uh, by day, I'm a web designer. I work full time from home. And um, Anna, who just turned five, goes to school full time. And we put her in starting at 18 months. And she has done great. I think even if we had the finances for one of us to stay home or had, you know, family that could watch her a few days a week, having that interaction for her, especially being an only child, I think has been really great for her social development. She's a little riot. She's so funny and and she loves Mm. her little buddies. She has her own world. She does. And they, it's funny. And I don't know when it started, but you can definitely see that kids start to pair off at this age. You know, they start to find their little group. So I think she's got 12 or 13 kids in her class and every day she pretty much plays with the same two. They already have that little friendship. Um, and it's adorable to watch. I, you know, at first I was like, well, maybe, you know, I should encourage her to play with the, the kids that she doesn't talk to much, but they're all good kids. I'm not worried about who she's hanging around with. <laughs> <laughs> There's not like competing gang factions yeah. yet. The preschool element. <laughs> I started this blog during our move just to keep my family updated. And then in 2010, I wrote one post that was a list that was um, why having a toddler, raising a toddler is like being at a frat party, I think. Ah, yes, I saw that one. And yeah, that went crazy, like crazy, crazy, crazy. And I remember the first day looking at my husband and I was like, 36 people liked it. And that was huge for me because it really was, you know, 10 of my family members who read the blog. And um, then I think the next day it was up to 6,000. And I think now it's like 100,000 or something. Wow, you went viral. It was crazy. And I mean, in blog world, you know, over two years, 100,000 is beans. You know, it's nothing. Um, But for what it was to where it went overnight was kind of crazy. And I started building an audience that way. And then I decided because people who had read that blog kept trying to friend me on my personal page on Facebook. So I caved and I made a Facebook page for the blog. And at the time I was like, this is like the worst paying job ever. (laughs) But now I really love it. I love just a few times a day that I can sit and crack people up. That's the, yeah. Or I'm always amazed by when I, when I type something silly, like, you know, I don't know when she sneezes all over me or when she throws dumb stuff in the toilet, there's always one person who's like, Oh my God, I'm so glad it's just not my kid. And I almost feel bad for them. Cause I'm like, who thinks only their kid does that? <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes it's, just, it's universal kid stuff. I think though that you've like tapped into this sort of universal fear that, that parents have that like, we're all kind of crazy and secret <laughs> and I love some of the stuff that you put out there because it's like, yes, yes. <laughs> and and then you know, like you're at least crazy with one or two other people. That's great. And that's what I love to hear from people. I mean, I love people. I don't do this because I want to have a huge audience. I actually, every time the site grows, I get a little bit uncomfortable because I'm like, all right, how much of my information is out there and what do I need to lock down? And, you know, I'm not really striving for that. I love the people that I see who comment over and over who are always there and you know, they're like little virtual friends and it's nice to see those familiar faces almost every day there. 
Yeah, to really have a community yeah. that's about mothering. Yes, but... it's fun. What have you enjoyed most about mothering? Are there any stories that sort of embody the best of life with Anna? Oh, my gosh. Um, she's awesome. She's been like a great – she was a great baby, and she was a great kid. And, you know, we weren't planning on having kids. I don't make that a secret. And my parents didn't make that a secret with me either. And I still know that they love me forever to the moon unconditionally. So I, I don't worry that one day she'll find out and be heartbroken. And then we did, we were having a kid and I was like, oh my gosh, you know, that's a lot of responsibility. And what if I don't love her? And, and so I think the best surprise for me has been that I'm really good at it. I just, I'm, I'm good at, you know, maybe not being the mom who spends a ton of quality time with her and sitting and doing crafts and giving her my undivided attention as often as I feel like I should. But I know that she knows I love her to death. I feel like, you know, we do the important stuff. We have a really tight bond. I hope it sticks around. You know, I, everybody makes me nervous about the teenage years. <laughs> but, and the friends I've made because of her, um, it really got us out into this community and I have, a, you know, it took a good five years for us to have local friends. And once it started, you know, I made one friend down the block and then I made a friend with a daycare mom. And I have really close people who are, you know, they're the people on your emergency contact list. Like, yeah, they become that uh, trusted and and close. Hmm. So I don't know. There hasn't been knock on wood. <laughs> there hasn't been a downside. You know, you get busier, but you just incorporate everything into your life and you have this great little person to tag along with you. Have there been things that that have been hard for you? Hmm. I think one of the challenges, and we come up on this a lot now, is both parents bring their parenting history or, you know, how they were raised into the relationship. And sometimes parents are totally on the same page with discipline and affection and things like that. I think what's been challenging for us is that I am usually good cop, not in that I don't discipline, but that I, you know, I give more affection. I discipline in a different way. And my husband feels like he comes across as bad cop because I am the huggy one. And the, I don't know, I, I tend to explain to her, you know, if he gets mad for a good reason. You know, she takes forever to get dressed. She does silly things like after five years, can't eat without dropping macaroni all over the floor. You know, stuff might annoy him. And if he gets upset and then she looks upset because he's upset, I'll usually go in and defending his position, just try to smooth it over and explain, you know, well, daddy's upset because you should really know how to do this by now. And so I think trying to merge those styles every now and then um, gets to be a challenge. I do sometimes make him feel undermined and I hate that. And I work on that. Um, and then sometimes I feel like he's a little too harsh and a little too critical. And I approach him with those kinds of things. And I know he works on it. So it opens that line of communication, um, which is good, but also can be a little bit of a challenge. Yeah. I think it's, you know, you become a parent and it's an, an individual experience. It's an experience within you. It's one with your child, but it's also, a big transformation that you go through with your partner yeah, and you have to sort of figure out your turf and in, in new ways. Mm -hmm, exactly. So you talk about being a mom by surprise, yeah. not something that you were necessarily planning. Yeah. 
what has surprised you about who you've become? Hmm. You know, I think it's the, it's the same thing as would surprise anyone before they're a parent versus after they're a parent. You know, when you're in your 20s, you're like, oh, my God, you're so lame. And, you know, you keep up with music and you go see the bands you love and you know when their next record is coming out and buy great makeup and you get your nails done once a week. And and then you don't and you don't care. <laughs> you cry at really bad country songs and it just rolls off your back. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely have gotten more sentimental. You know, for all my snark, man, I'll cry at the drop of a hat if it's something to do with a kid. Every mother knows and every parent knows the the way you see the news. I mean, it's... I just the other day saw something go by in my news feed and was like, don't read it, don't read it, don't read it. And I read it anyway. And it took me a good three days to just shake some of those images. Because, mm-hmm. you know, every kid is your kid. You get connected to this larger sort of shared vulnerability with other parents. Yeah, that's a really good way to put it. That's exactly right. So you've you've learned that you're good at it. You've learned <laughs> that you enjoy it and enjoy her and that you're okay not not being so cool at him yep. anymore. <laughs> <laughs> have there been other things that you have learned about yourself? You know what I've really learned and I I learned this through actually my husband and I did some marriage counseling. I also wrote about that on the blog. So that's no secret either. It was a really interesting thing when we were seeing this woman and she said that this is your family. Now that your husband and your kid, that's your primary family now because I'm so close. I have two sisters. I'm really close with my mom. You know, she was my primary parental figure growing up. I, I had a stepdad who was great and I had a dad who, um, moved around the country, but we're close. I mean, he, they're both amazing. And so we kind of had this little group of women and they were always the ones I'd go to first. And they're always the ones I complain about anything to, you know, if Steve is annoying me, I call my sister. And so that was an interesting concept for me to grasp. But then as I did, I found it was really comfortable and warm. And um, I don't know if I can think of the word. It's just we've gotten a lot closer since I figured out what she was talking about and that she wasn't saying change your allegiance, you know, dump your nuclear immediate family and now move on to these people. But it's definitely a step that you consciously make. And I think it's a step, you know, it's one of those like life transitions. Like you're choosing to deepen your relationships with them. Right. Not like leaving behind your larger family. Right. You know, this is the core of your life. How have you found time and space to write? It's tricky. Like tonight, well, tonight I actually was working late. So I I feel less guilty about doing it once she's home from school, if I'm in her proximity. So while she was watching Toy Story, I had my laptop right next to her on the couch. And that seems to comfort her. I think she's gotten used to my working on the computer and... Every now and then I institute rules like, all right, when I am done with my work work, I'm going to shut it off and I'm not going to pick it up again until she goes to bed. And I usually do okay with that for a couple of weeks. (laughs) I guess there's definitely always the guilt like, all right, I really need to turn this off. And then sometimes I'm like, well, she's keeping herself busy. So it's, you know, she's nothing detrimental is happening. So, so to answer your question, I try to do it at night after work for the blog I do it once a week, so it's not terrible if um, 
if an idea pops into my head sometime during the week, I'll just note it somewhere or email myself. So I just try to schedule it. You know, I make sure like I cook dinner every night and we sit and eat dinner every night. And okay. I have her all morning um, and I take her to school. And the nice thing, one thing I really like to do with her, if I'm feeling like we haven't had a lot of good time together, is we'll walk to school. And it's amazing to me to hear the stories she tells. She tells stories the entire walk to school, which is 20 minutes. What are some of your um, favorite parenting rants? You know, I, I've got judgment exhaustion. I got really sick a few months ago of just reading people bashing other parenting. You know, even if it sucks, just shut up about it. <laughs> so I, I've moved away from liking those kind of rants. You know, sometimes people need a swift kick in the rear, but the judgment stuff, oh, it just, it just wears you out after a while. When I think of rant, I can't separate it from, you know, the the stuff that goes on about mom to mom stuff. And I don't want to fuel that fire because that's the mom on mom aggression. Yeah. yeah. What have you read recently that has just left you in tears laughing? Oh, God. that's related to parenting. I love Bethany of Bad Parenting Moments is a really good writer. She does similar things to me though. She's really funny on Facebook and then she's very thoughtful and so well written on her blog, mm. but mixed with humor, which is great. Oh gosh. So we're, I don't know if you know that a bunch of us were in a book. I saw that on, on your site. Yeah. So it's, it's 37 writers and this is honestly the funny stuff I've read about parenting. I'm not just trying to plug the book, but uh, baby sideburns whose real name is Karen wrote a piece about going to Disney World, and I, I mean, my nostrils were flaring for like a solid 15 minutes reading it. It was so funny. I could barely breathe. I am not easily offended. Some people really, it seems like they just are waiting to be offended, especially mm -hmm. on the internet. I think it's just the nature of the beast. Have, have people been offended by you and, and let you know about it? Occasionally, sometimes if I curse, like if I curse, I'll, I'll notice a few Facebook fans vanish. If I say vagina, they like leave in droves. Which you did today, I didn't do? you? Oh my gosh, that article was ridiculous. <laughs> and it was also very informative. <laughs> you know, sometimes I, I see an article that I really like and I'll share it. And then someone else will bring up a really good point about it, like a counterpoint to my liking it. Right, about why you shouldn't like yes, it. Yes, and they're usually, you know, I don't usually get the ranters. I'll usually get really thoughtful people. I really love the the Facebook fans on my page. They really are funny and thoughtful. And some of them are just like, leave me in stitches every day. Some of them, I'm like, why do I do this? You should be doing this. I'll give you my page. But yeah, some people present really good other points of view. Even when I wrote about marriage equality and I put it right out there, I was like, listen, I think, you know, when same-sex couples can't get married, it's bullshit. And I get, I get really worked up. And it wasn't cursy or ranty. You know, I explained myself, but I was very passionate about it. And then I kind of sat back and waited because those are definitely the topics that, that bring people's ire up. And even the people that commented there who didn't agree were great. Oh, but I know I started a firestorm once by accident. I, we had put our dog to sleep. He had been sick for a while. We just put him to sleep in February. I always feel like when some when some tragedy happens, I feel like I have to at least make a statement of it before I keep going on being funny. So whether it's in my own life or the Boston bombings, 
I just feel like it's not, I can't just go off topic and not acknowledge what's going on. So after we put him to sleep that night, I sat and I posted that we had put him down. And what I said was, he bit my baby, which he did when Anna was one, he bit her. And he was still the best dog of our three dogs. It wasn't worded the best it could have been. And a couple of people misread it as he bit my kid and I put him to sleep. Oh, okay. And people were freaking out. And so I posted it and then I went to cook dinner. And by the time I came back, there were people losing their minds. And they weren't the calm, rational people. Sometimes people lose their minds and immediately go on a personal attack. Um, So I had a couple of those. And then, you know, what Mm -hmm. else is nice is I see that the people who read me regularly and knew that I had just worded it badly were like, no, that's not what she meant. And and if you were here more than just for the last half hour, you would know. It's Mm -hmm. interesting to watch go by. It's very interesting. um, What is it? Anthropological study. (laughs) Bet. These interactions between people and who defends you and who. I mean, and it's true. If that stuff lights up, I always tell people, you know, don't intervene unless it's really, you know, it's like with kids. Don't, don't intervene unless it gets really out of hand because it's interesting to see where it goes um, and to, to see if people can work it out. And if they can't, you know, then go over. But unless things get super offensive, I don't delete comments or block people. I just let it play itself out. Has it been weird to parent so publicly? It's it's interesting. I like, like I said earlier, I really like that people seem to relate to what I say and the way that I parent, um, or at least it makes them feel better about their own parenting. Yeah. <laughs> um, it is a little bit weird. You know, there are certain things like my daughter's preschool had decals made for the car with the name of the preschool on it. And they were like, take some at the end, take some at the end. And I was like, you know, I'm, I'm not, you know, we're, it's not like I'm even remotely a tiny bit famous, but I don't want to broadcast her name of her school on my car just in case, you know, it's like weird little things like that. You're aware of Our what about your family bloggers. is out there. Yeah. Some of the other bloggers who are much bigger than I am, you know, have semi crazy stories. One of them um, said that she had a fan send her a Google satellite picture of her house saying, oh, wow, you have a pool. <laughs> Creepy. Yeah. So I'm de- I definitely am aware of that. There are things that I'll run past my husband sometimes to see, you know, are you comfortable if I post this? You know, and if he says no, I totally respect that. I have no, you know, I don't like to miss a comic moment, but I don't feel like, but I need to put this out there so people like it. You can have real moments that aren't affirmed by your Facebook right. friends. Yes. So a, a little bit of a more serious question. I ask all of the parents that I talk with about this because this is an interest of mine. Yeah. I'm curious if becoming a parent has has changed your sense of spirituality or your view of God or, you know, has mm-hmm. brought any spiritual epiphanies. It hasn't brought epiphanies. I was raised by a <laughs> – my mom is sort of a bitter Catholic. <laughs> she, she, was, uh, she had a childhood full of mean nuns. We've always had God in the house and we've always had Jesus in the house, but we never, you know, went to church. My sisters and I were all baptized, as was Anna, but we never went to confirmation or communion. And so when I had her, we definitely were like, all right, you know, we'll do the christening. My husband went to, oh gosh, is it CCD? CDD? I think it's CCD, Catholic something school, like education. So he he had a lot of schooling in the church and I think he's down with Jesus. We don't get into big talks about it. He grimaces when I say that, you know, I'd like to church shop, which sounds so silly. But, you know, Anna's school, 
teaches things. They have a Christmas pageant. So the year they sang about Jesus and Mary, she was obsessed with Mother Mary and thought, well, you know, I at least need to get educated on this stuff because she has questions. She wants to know who these people were. And Steve knows more than I do, but because he doesn't love the Catholic teachings. But I think if we found a church that, I don't know, maybe we could both relate to or fit our things. I mean, there are just certain things that I can't compromise on that I know, you know, churches don't generally go for. (laughs) So finding a a church that sort of fits your political views or convictions or, or whatever maybe tricky and that makes it hard to hard to get in the door but there have also a couple of bloggers who've written about this who i'm like oh i completely relate to that and i forget who it was but she wrote you know it was something about finding jesus and how she was in the middle of the same thing like we want to do this you know and it's not just that you want to cop out and only believe in the good parts it's just that you want to find something that's in line with you know what you really feel like i really feel in my heart that that there's nothing not equal about people who love same-sex people. I, I just can't even, it's so beyond my realm of understanding that that comes into play. And I don't feel like I could walk into a traditional Catholic church and I don't want to have to say, you know, well, I, it's, it's not this, you know, it's not the sinner, it's the sin or whatever. You want to be all in or not. Right. Or, you know, like you just don't want to have to draw these weird lines in your head about what you talk about with who and. Right. I guess you want to be congruent, like the same person in different. Yes. I don't want to feel like I'm thinking. I had actually gone to, I was dating um, in my early twenties. I was very serious with a guy who went to church every Sunday and was from a very Catholic family. And I thought, well, gosh, if we're going to get married, I should really do this confirmation thing because I know his family will want to have it in a church. And I wasn't engaged or anything. I was just 20 and, you know, starry eyed. Thinking about it. Yep. And I went and I think I just went to one of the sessions and I was like, I can't in good conscience sit here. And it wasn't because I was mad, but I actually felt like I was lying to God. I'm like, God, I can't sit here and lie to this lady. (laughs) (laughs) I can't pretend to believe things that I just don't. Right. Yeah. But it sounds like having Anna in your life has kind of. um, It's made it more pressing. Yeah. Like sort of push the issue for for you to sit with it and sort it out for yourself so you know how to talk to her about it exactly. and, and what to tell her. And right. when Anna's ready to go to college or travel the world or do whatever adventure is next for her, when she leaves your home, mm-hmm. what do you hope she will say about you? I hope she feels the same about me as I feel about my mom. You know, as you get older, you definitely see your parents as humans, but you also recognize, you know, how much they did and, I mean, my mom just has such a good heart. And I remember as a kid thinking, God, mom is, you know, she's so nice to all these friends of hers and they're just using her. And why can't she see that? And, you know, she gives them rides to work and she gives them money and she has them over for dinner. And, um, you know, but now I see, I'm like, she just wants to give. She just likes to give to people and make them happy and make them feel comfortable and welcome in our home. And, I have really great feelings toward my mom and I hope Anna, I hope she remembers the Friday morning breakfast when we go out and it's just the two of us. I mean, not just, not because Steve's not there, but she. (laughs) But it's a special mother daughter date. Right, It's a little date and it's great. And you know, I remember those fun things. My mom used to sneak me out of school and take me to friendlies. And I just hope she, 
thinks that I was a funny, loving, good person. You know, it doesn't matter if she thinks I was the smartest or the most well-traveled or ambitious. But funny, loving, good. Yeah. I like that. In no particular order. Thanks so much. I totally enjoy uh, following you on Facebook you. and reading your stuff and keep doing what you're doing. It's it's nice to see some like clever humor, <laughs> cl- clever mom humor. It's awesome. Thanks so much. Appreciate the adult conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to this interview with Brenna. If you liked our conversation, check out Suburban Snapshots. And also, don't forget to check out Parenting Reimagined. You can like us on Facebook or subscribe to our mailing list by clicking on parentingreimagined.org and following the easy directions for subscribing. We are so excited to be able to bring these great interviews to parents who are wanting to feel connected with other parents and know that they're not alone in the craziness, but also the, the very meaningful parts of parenting. Thank you.